0: Welcome to Journey Through Classical Piano. I'm your host, pianist June Kim. Every other Wednesday, I feature in-depth exploration of one classical piano competition. Regardless of whether or not you're a lifelong lover of classical music, this podcast is meant to show you how important and relevant classical music is to today's world and bring the live concert experience right to your living room. I believe classical music is for everyone, so let's start listening together. Before we get started, I would like to thank my new sponsor of the show, Andres Gunder. Thank you so much for your support, and I know you have been a great supporter of my YouTube channel as well. Also, all of my existing Patreon supporters of the show, thank you so much. If you'd like to support the show, please head over to patreon.com slash journey through classical piano. Your support helps me to create more music and projects to spread the beauty of classical music. Also, if you like to what you hear, please take a moment to give a rating or review on Apple podcast. Every positive review and rating is much appreciated as it helps other potential listeners find and enjoy the show. So, next week, I will be going to Chicago as I am invited to present a session at MTNA, Music Teachers National Association, National Conference taking place in March. The title of my session is called Happiness is Encoded in Piano, talking about different strategies to apply for adult piano students in group teaching. I do believe that by learning piano helps one to be more in tune with oneself, and I approach my teaching with many tools not only for teaching piano, but also personal development such as journaling, meditation, time management, finding focus, etc. I'm very excited to present and share some tips with other music teachers. I know we are all have been suffering from this Corona-19 currently, especially in Korea. I heard my mom has been in the house for weeks now. I'm sending you all the listeners, especially in those areas like Korea or Italy. I hope that situation will get better soon. And for now, I hope this musical treat helps you to go through the day. So today I will be talking about Intermezzo Opus 118 by Johannes Brahms. This piece is definitely one of my favorite pieces to play, and I know it is many listeners' a favorite as well. It is part of the piece Opus 118, which includes six pieces, and the Intermezzo that we are talking is the second piece of the set. It is composed in 1893. Intermezzo in general as a terminology doesn't give us much information other than it's an instrumental piece which was either in a movement between two others in their larger work or a character piece which could stand alone its own. I think in this occasion would be the later. So Brahms, a German composer, pianist, and conductor of the Romantic period, his reputation and status as a composer are such that he's sometimes grouped as one of the three Bs of music, Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms. His piano music, especially in his early works, sometimes feel like piano is not big enough for him. He's trying to squeeze orchestra into a piano, which at times feels he may much prefer having a full orchestra rather than a piano. Often there are many big chords that imitate a full orchestra. It is also awkward at times to play the, those B chords in his early sonatas. However, in these later competitions, which includes this intermezzo opus 118, I feel like Brahms is finally understanding the instrument piano as just a single instrument, much more intimate and singing rather than trying to imitate a full orchestra. He's really capable of that instrument. This is a time that it seems like Brahms is composing piece only for piano and you can only imagine the sound of piano. The opening of the piece, melting and vulnerable yet sweetness is there. we see a picture of composers, and often their black and white portrait, it's hard to imagine their real character by just looking at their pictures. I'm not sure you ever seen Brahms' portrait. It often has him in his 50s, having a beard, big belly, serious and hard to approach kind of image but his younger years, which sometimes hard to find his younger version of Brahms' portrait. But in those portraits, I see a sweet and handsome man with ambition in his eyes and manner with a great heart. I think that image of his youth is his real persona of Brahms, which I feel that it is infused into his later compositions in this intermezzo. Despite his outer look of serious, rather cold image, you can easily find in this portrait that I find these later compositions for piano are much more intimate and delicate and reveals inner self of Brahms. His close friends comment on Brahms saying that he's one of the quiet inward happiness, contentment, and ease. I really feel that Brahms was one of the stable person <laughs> without much of a mental problem. When Brahms was just in his 20s, he knocked on the door of Schumann's house, who was well-known music critic at the time. So young Brahms, whether more established music critic Schumann, met for the first time and their intertwined relationship has just started then. Also, Clara Schumann, who was a wife of Robert Schumann and one of the best concert pianists in the history, became also a great friend of Brahms. So their relationship as a friend, as a mentor and mentee, Schumann thought Brahms has lots to offer to the music society and very impressed with him when he first played his one of early compositions for him at, at the time. It is also a very well-known story that Brahms really helped Clara a lot, especially when Schumann committed multiple suicides and put himself in the mental hospital in later his life. Brahms was a person who stayed besides Clara to suit her and be a great friend. Clara once asked to Brahms, saying, What are you going to do with all the tobacco? His response, quite normal, was smuggle it. A table was always reserved for him and his bachelor friends at Gauss's Beer Hall in Vienna. Tchaikovsky wrote, I have been on the booze with Brahms. (laughs) Greek found him joyful and friendly, having beer with him as well. Another described how Brahms did ample justice to the excellent Munich beer, of which he consumed an astounding quantity before they parted, long after midnight. He also drank lots of coffee and would brew his own in the morning. It seems like he was really lover of beer, coffee, tobacco, and hanging out with friends. So Brahms was known as a composer who brought the classical and romantic technique of expression. This was the man who showed that something new can be created within a classical form that was still possible to write sonatas, trios, quartets, and even fugues, but with romantic flares. In this case of intermezzo, he uses a motivic technique that you might be able to find easily with Beethoven's competitions, which means you use minimal ideas as a base, utilize that idea in every possible way. So the main theme starts like descending a step and ascending thirds like this. One of the spots in this piece that is really heartbreaking but beautiful that I absolutely love, probably one of my favorite part of this piece. Uh, In this section, he uses inverted melody of the main theme. So in Instead of you go descend a step and ascending a third, he goes up a step and goes down a third like this. Another thing he also used from the main theme is the fourth interval and then descending like this. So then his middle section uses that theme as a main uh, material. Here you can also hear left hand is doing a canon like melody following the right hand a step behind. So in the middle section, he uses a simple, rather simple technique in composition, which is you change minor mode to major a little bit, just changing a key. But in such a way, so effectively invite us to enter into a realm of new, peaceful, heavenly world. One of the most heartbreaking moments in this piece is towards the end of the middle section, where the storm takes us to a place that we have to accept and sorrow remains. At the time, we're not sure if this story will be happy ending or not. This recording of mine, we're going to listen, is actually something that I can live with. I can really say that often, uh, not all the time, the artist or for me, it's very, very difficult to be completely happy with a recording or any performance. I, because I am the hardest critic of myself, and I can accept imperfection of mistakes of live performance. But often, it's harder to create a recording in a recording studio without any audiences. It is different beast altogether. I can't say one is easier than the other. In this particular recording, I was trying to capture the performance energy in a multiple courses of days, but I wasn't able to. This piece requires me to be so vulnerable and feeling the heartache and so to be able to receive the music. Then the last day of recording, I said to myself, you know, I'm just going to try one last time, one last performance. Somehow I was actually be able to let it go, got it in that zone of live performance and this recording is a single take from the beginning to the end on my last day of recording. When I finished playing at the time, I knew that that was it. This recording is part of my album 10 more minutes. So before I listen to the entire piece, I also want to give a note about the relationship between Clara and Brahms. There are lots and lots of stories around them. What could be in the relationship? Was it like love or was it friendship? It's certainly interesting to romanticize the story. I really don't want to assume anything. It could happen in a great friendship, or it could happen in a love relationship. They could not make it happen because there's a Schumann and many of complication of layers. Just looking at the music, the content, I feel sorrow. I feel sadness, passion, hope, disappointment, yet contentment. I feel it is as if Brahms' love letter to Clara, but it's written in his diary, so it's not meant to send, so he could be able to pour everything, every emotion he feels in his diary. For me, that is how I feel from this music. A love letter that is not meant to send but written in a diary. This piece is officially dedicated to Clara Schumann. Now let's listen to Intermezzo in A major, opus 118 by Brahms, performed by Ji Yun Kim. What kind of emotion does it evoke for you? What does peace remind you of? I would love to hear from you. And please share with me. Please go to jiyunkim.com where you can leave voice or written message to this podcast. I will leave the link in the show note below. Next episode, I will explore Gymnopedi by Eric Satie. I know you would love that piece. Let's meet then.